And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ayo, and welcome to another edition of the No Dunks Late Shift. You could call it a Boston stream party. Because the Benno boys are back in the stream, the lobster legends themselves. I'm your host tonight, Trey Kirby. And of course, joining me eight feet away, it's Lee Ellis. Hi, Trey. How you doing over there, buddy? How are you? Yeah, this is probably going to mess some things up for sure. Who knows what's going to end up happening with uh, the stream tonight, Lee. I can hear your voice in my ears. I can hear it through the streams. Could end up being a wild one here, but uh, we just watched game three of the NBA Finals, and we're going to break it all down. Just going to be me and you tonight because uh, Skeet's having some power problems uh, back in Atlanta. Big thunderstorm. I know it uh, led to some cuddles in my house last night, and apparently the, uh, the power went out for Skeet's tonight. I can't stop looking at you, even though before we started, I said, let's just act like we're in the stream team. Pretty funny. Anyways, Lee, you think we'll be able to do this all right? I think so, yeah. I mean, this is all part of the fun, isn't it? Just doing it on the fly. We're on location. We're in the TD Garden. First time for you and me both. Incredible game. Great atmosphere. Uh, it's really fun here. And, and right now, I mean, it's nearly midnight here, but the adrenaline is flowing. We've just seen an awesome game, and uh, let's talk about it. Let's break this baby down. Yeah, the way you're talking, it sounds like you actually played in the game out there. I mean, it was jazzed up in here, no doubt, from the tip. Even before the tip, obviously very loud uh, for the first Celtics final game in 12 years uh, here in Boston. And they took the W, uh, taking a 2-1 lead over the Warriors with 116-100 to victory. But Lee, we were calling this game Grisham style about halfway through the fourth quarter. But if you were to ask us at the beginning of the fourth quarter, maybe not the easiest choice. So what'd you think about game three? I thought it was a really good game, and I thought a key stat that I've already seen tweeted from Kirk Goldsbury over at ESPN that the uh, Celtics shot 10 for 14 when Steph Curry was the primary defender. And I think that really is a huge uh, moment for this game because early on Steph got in foul trouble again, picked up three in that first half. And we saw it time and again. Whoever Steph was defending, a lot of times it was Marcus Smart. Tatum had a couple as well. They seem to be really trying to attack him, knowing that Steph couldn't be too handsy defensively, but also that's his weakness. He's not a great defender. He's not a physical big guy. So they just tried to take advantage of that as best they could. And to score 10 or 14 attempts is huge here. Uh, But the Boston Celtics, look, they got off to a really hot start. Jalen Brown was fantastic in that first quarter once again. And you and I, you know, sitting here watching it a couple of times, the Warriors really made a push. They took the lead as well. They went up 83-82 on a Steph Curry three. But I think that was the only time they led this game. After that, the Celtics did respond. And that, to me, is a sign of a very, very good team. That they, the, the Warriors kept coming. Clay Thompson had a good game. Hit some big threes out there as well. But every single challenge that the Warriors threw at the Celtics, they had an answer. And it tended to be 
someone trying to attack Steph, someone trying to get inside and score a high percentage basket. So really, really impressive stuff here from uh, the Celtics. They withstood the third quarter barrage from the Golden State Warriors and, uh, and they take the 2-1 the series lead. Yeah, you're exactly right. The story of the game to me is the Celtics' resilience. Obviously, they came out, had an incredible first quarter, 17 for Jalen Brown in the first quarter, built a huge lead. But like you're saying, the Warriors just kept clawing back, clawing back, making things close. You know, I thought Clay Thompson was really big for Golden State in the second quarter. Uh, had a rough first quarter, but scored five quick ones right at the end there. And then I think he gave him probably 10 uh, in the second quarter, keeping him attached. And then in the third, obviously, the Warriors had their classic run. Uh, they had the huge seven-point possession where Curry hits a three. Al Horford fouls him. They go to uh, the booth. They review it. He gets called for the Zaza sliding under uh, Curry foul. So he had the very rarely seen two attempts to make one shot. He made the one. Warriors get the ball. Otto Porter Jr. then hits a three. Um, and to me, that could have been the game. That felt like a turning point a little bit um, for the Warriors. And we've seen so many times in the past when they're able to just grab that momentum and keep that momentum. But the Celtics once again bounce back. It feels like as soon as I tweeted that we got ourselves a game, the Warriors just started throwing away the ball. I think there was three consecutive turnovers for Curry in the fourth quarter, and the Celtics did a great job of making the Warriors pay for all of those turnovers. They were able to then build a, another fourth quarter lead, so this one kind of played out similar to game one. Great stuff from the Celtics to keep bouncing back. Yeah, their composure, I thought, was just there. It was good. And Jason Tatum, who started off offensively scoring the ball a little bit slowly, I think he really stood up in the second half and commanded the ball a lot of times. Like, very rarely did the ball not touch his hands on a key possession there for the Boston Celtics. And I thought Marcus Smart's decision-making was also pretty good. Also had a huge three that basically sealed it. I think we were doing the Vince Carter after that three in the corner there with about four and a half minutes to go, somewhere around that mark. And uh, that was a thing. They needed, they needed contributions from guys who weren't really there for them in game two smart wasn't all that good Al Horford had a bit of a weird game I mean we saw him you know turn the ball over a couple of times miss those free throws you mentioned the flagrant foul there but I think overall he was better uh, than he certainly was there in game two Derek White was was okay there for the uh, for the Celtics as well but Jalen Brown yeah great start didn't really have a huge scoring game after that but the defense was there the intensity was there had a couple of big dunks and uh, and that was huge and then on the flip side I think Draymond Green had a terrible game. He, he was really sloppy with the ball, committed some silly fouls again. He got fouled out on that last one there, had a staring competition with the referee, trying to sort of outstare the ref. And the ref, I couldn't read his lips, but he was basically saying, you're fouled out, so you're not going to win this battle. So, so get out of here, Draymond. But um, yeah, look, the, the, the Warriors come out of this one and they at least get Clay Thompson in a, some sort of return to form, which is key. I thought Steph overall was pretty good. Their defense from Boston was, was pretty good there. They just didn't really get that third contribution themselves. Wiggins was okay, but that was about it. There wasn't really much else. Jordan Poole didn't do anything for them off the bench. So they needed a third guy to step up and be able to hit some shots and score the ball, and they didn't really get that tonight. Yeah, definitely not a great game for Draymond tonight. Just one of four, scored two points, three assists. Two turnovers, and just this was another one of the not aggressive Draymond Green, where he's not looking to score inside. And yeah, I know people are saying I got a massive echo. It's totally true. What can I do? That's how it is up here. But uh, Draymond was outplayed, I thought, by both Horford and Robert Williams. Even though Robert Williams had a little bit of a short stint, still eight points. 
10 boards and was massive inside, four blocks. Led to um, uh, points in the paint advantage for Boston, 52 to 26 it ended up being. And that's kind of the game there. They were more aggressive going to the hole. Uh, and they and they obviously were able to make it playoff. You mentioned Marcus Smart. I thought he was awesome from an intensity standpoint. And then the fact that he's able to give you three threes, 24 points, five assists. You saw him body Curry there in the fourth quarter. It just looked like a Celtics yeah. physical kind of game. Oh, absolutely. And that's it. Marcus Smart knows that uh, he knew a couple of times there that, that Steph just couldn't do too much. But even if Steph wasn't in foul trouble, Marcus Smart's a bigger guy. He's able to use his body to just sort of muscle him out of position a couple of times and get some of those good looks around the hoop. They were really good. But I also think Robert Williams, his impact tonight was tremendous because uh, we saw him at the start of the first quarter and the start of the third quarter. He gets taken off about three or four minutes in there. But overall, when he was out on the court, he finished with a, a team best plus 21 there for the Boston Celtics. Eight points, ten rebounds, three steals and four blocks and he didn't turn the ball over and then four for five from shooting. He got a couple of oops in there. Uh, He was really really impactful. Now, I'm not sure if this is purely just a a tactic from Ime Udoka as far as uh, taking him out of the game early or if he's just still managing some sort of injury some sort of uh you know knee ailment or whatever it is there because we know he's battled a bit of that but if they can get that sort of production out of him tonight i mean how many minutes did he finish with here oh he played 26 minutes at the end if they can get that out of him that would be huge because the uh warriors didn't really get anything out of their bigs there tonight and again draymond seemed very clumsy with the ball a couple of times and um you know and, and we know he won't shoot the ball again the crowd was getting on him they were saying, shoot it, shoot it. He wouldn't shoot it. Uh, the, only, the only thing for the crowd here, they were out of sync with their fuck you Draymonds. We had, a, we had a big sort of, as the fuck was up here, it was a Draymond over there. They couldn't quite coordinate that. Maybe, you know, something about they need to sync it better uh, for next game. But, uh, yeah, Draymond, I think the crowd got under his skin tonight. He just never seemed to get in any sort of groove there. I mean, I mean a nice pass to uh, Looney, I think it was, but... Overall, Draymond's impact was uh, not felt in a positive way at all from the Warriors. Yeah, that's exactly right. The Warriors need big performances from at least three guys in every game. Steph has to be 30 points a game, which he was tonight. Like you're saying, he gave it back a little bit on the defensive end as he was being targeted after the foul trouble. Wiggins, I thought, was aggressive inside at least. We saw the best clay game yet, which is probably the best takeaway from the Warriors for this game, but getting nothing from Draymond. And it kind of no impact from Looney as well. Uh, it was going to be tough for the Warriors to win. I mean, they scored 26 points inside. You can shoot as many threes as you want, but sometimes you got to get some buckets inside as well. So, uh, great win for the Celtics. You called it, or asked at least, if this was going to be a must-win game uh, for Boston. I didn't think it was a must-win game. I said it was a must-not-get-blown-out game. But now, they got the W. Got to be a must-win game for the Golden State Warriors in Game 4. Yeah, and if you look at statistically, historically, all that sort of stuff here, we know that the Celtics drop home games and the Warriors win road games. So uh, if that plays out, then it's going to be a 2-2 series going back to uh, San Francisco there for Game 5 in, uh, what, on Monday night, I think it is, yeah. because... Uh, you know, that's, that's, this is the Warriors. This is, you know, the road Warriors. They, they seem to find a way to win. And again, they didn't play a bad game overall. They just couldn't get the stops, as we've talked about enough times here. Boston was able to just keep on getting the scoreboard ticking over there. And when, when the Warriors made their push, they just couldn't keep uh, Boston down. And Boston understood, 
you know, just someone's just got to score for us. Marcus Smart had the crazy banker as well. The deep <laughs> one. That was, yeah. uh, that was you just know when it's your night out there. But uh, look, fascinating series still. And even though Boston, you know, have, have confirmed the advantage of stealing home court away from Golden State, it's certainly not over. I don't, I don't think the, the uh, Celtics are st- going to start the parade celebration. Either. They know that the Warriors have got another punch in them for sure. And, um, you know, if Steph doesn't get in foul trouble, maybe he's a little bit more aggressive uh, on the defensive end. And if you don't expect Draymond to have such a bad game either. And, uh, you know, if Clay has found some form here, this is shaping up to be an awesome game on Friday night. I can't wait to get back here. Yeah, exactly right. Definitely feels like a must-win game uh, for the Warriors, but like we were coming into this game, the Celtics had not and still have not lost back-to-back games yet in the playoffs. Same for the Warriors. They bounce back after losses as well. It always seems to be that after a loss, the number one adjustment we got to be a lot more physical out of there. We got we to gotta play defense. We got to get up on them. The Celtics yeah. were that team tonight. Uh, that's why they forced 16 turnovers from the Warriors. That's why they had more second-chance points, more points in the paint. They were the more intense team. And like I think you're, like you're saying, uh, Draymond not being as aggressive as we've seen. Maybe the crowd was in his head. Maybe all the talk about how things went in Game 2 was in his head. But he wasn't the same guy as game two and the Warriors kind of need that they need uh, somebody to be a little bit of a jerk pushing people around setting the tone and bringing some edge to the game so I imagine that will be the case for game four especially as we saw here when Draymond fouled out with a straight up body check like Cam Neely shout out to the Boston Bruins here (laughs) yeah I was researching that Lee during the game I was like who's a big checker because that was a huge check from Draymond so you got to know he's going to bring it in game four, which means the war, uh, the Celtics then need to elevate their effort level as well. And that's going to come down to Marcus Smart. So game four should be lit. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, just watching Robert Williams there, like he out-hustled and out-muscled Draymond a couple of times on those loose balls, you know? Like he was just, his athleticism, his youth, maybe that helped. He was up there contesting for those, uh, for those rebounds and those extra balls that often you see Draymond sort of get those and just corral those, but he wasn't able to tonight. So, um, look, I haven't seen Draymond yet, but whether or not he started his podcast after the game, because uh, we had to get ours in before him. We didn't want him to scoop us for a podcast. But, um, yeah, I wonder if he will pod tonight. Maybe. I don't think so. I think he's probably going to go back to the hotel room. But, uh, you know, look, he's the sort of guy, though, that generally he thrives off the crowd energy. You know, because he, he invites it all. He knows it's coming. He brings it on. He likes to talk a lot of trash. He likes to talk a lot of smack there. And he pushed the referees again there tonight, talking a lot. He didn't get any tech. I don't think we had any techs actually tonight, which is good. Good refereeing again. The, I, didn't, I didn't think the refs uh, did anything wrong tonight. I thought overall they got it uh, very, 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 very good. I don't remember any sort of egregious bad calls out there. Uh, but Draymond, you know, he likes to play with an edge. And he certainly gets it, that energy from the crowd. But he wasn't able to channel it for good tonight. Instead, he was rattled. So uh, be interested to see now how he does respond here in Game 4 because, you know, like we saw during the season, the Warriors, without an effective Draymond, 
are just a completely different team. Steph can't get the shots that he likes. Clay can't get the shots he likes. And, uh, you know, other than that, they also need someone else, whether it's a Jordan Poole, whether it's an Otto Porter, whoever that is, Wiggins, they need someone else to be able to chip in 15 to 20 points, I think, because Steph, he did his job. Clay did his job tonight. But uh, it just, you just, you kept wondering where the extra offense was going to come from because uh, those two, as much as they were doing, they just couldn't do it all. Yeah, the Warriors seem to be stuck on 100 points here, basically. 100 po- 108, I think, in game one, 107 in game two, and then 100 tonight. So they seem to be pretty consistent with their scoring. You almost know what you're going to be getting uh, from the Warriors, whereas the on the flip side, the Celtics have been up and down with their scoring. So it looks like we're setting up for an awesome game four here on Friday, Lee. Can't wait, but let's talk about some of the stuff that didn't happen on the court. Uh, we got to meet Cheeve today, Lee. That was pretty exciting. And as promised, he brought me the biggest, greenest hat you could possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah. that, that is so cool. And I have to say, meeting Cheeve, it was great. It was even better than I thought. You know, sometimes when you meet a fan who's been a fan of the show, you're not quite sure what to expect. It was like an old friend stopping by. I was like, hey, Chiefs, how are you? We had a nice bro hug. We had a nice chat. We had a few stories. He got a hat. I've got my hat here too. Let me see if I can make this work without making it too messy here. Because he brought me a hat. Yeah, you were using your hat as your uh, computer stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine's yeah, unfortunately yeah, yeah. got a little bit of a curve to it, so I couldn't use it like that. <laughs> oh, Trey Curvy. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Is that straight? I can't quite see what I'm doing here. This is uh, this is all impromptu stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> mine, I think it looks good on you, mate. Mine's just a smidge small, just a smidge, and uh, it's it's uh, it's certainly uh, yeah. A lot of pressure on the forehead right now in the back. But, uh, uh, no, it was great. It was great meeting Chief. Uh, told us a couple of stories and. Uh, Man, that's what that's what you do these things for—to catch up with people and and fans that you only know on the internet, and then you get to meet them in person, and it's awesome. Yeah, I don't think anybody realized that part of the reason I asked for a gigantic green hat is because I also have a gigantic head. So you might want this one to fit on your head, but you can pry oh, it from my head. You come and get it, Lee. Uh, what else did we got tonight? Nelly was the halftime act. Did like 15 seconds of five different songs. What'd you think of Nelly? I was very, very uh, happy to be here to see Nelly. Uh, he was great. We knew he was going to do right with me. We got there in the end. I think we started Country Grammar, went to EI, did Hot In Here. Mm, I might have been missing one that there. That newer Thinking About You, yeah. Thinking About Me song. And then uh, then what did he end with? Ride With Me? Yeah, Maybe Ride With Me because he said... Uh, Yo, I know something you don't know, and I got something to tell you. You wouldn't believe how many people straight out of the flow most said that I was a failure. And now the same motherfucker's asking me for dough, and I'm yelling, I can't help you. Nelly, can we get tickets to the next show? Hell no. Are, are you, you for, for real? real? <laughs> Even Scoop B was going crazy for the, are you for real? <laughs> Brought the house uh, yeah. down. Oh, I was a little man. confused that Nelly was the choice, uh, but then he showed up wearing a Jason Tatum jersey, and I was like, oh, yeah, St. Lunatics, mm. the St. Louis connection, classic stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because I thought he was actually from, uh, I thought he was from Georgia originally, because I know we've seen him at a couple of Atlanta Hawks games, uh, but uh, so he's southern anyway there with St. Louis, but uh, yeah, the, the Tatum connection got in there so hopefully we see him again friday night i mean if you're watching nelly if you want to do a little duo i mean you know let me know let me know we can we can figure something out there 
Are you offering to sing the Kelly Rowland part to Dilemma? Because you didn't play it tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be a little bit weird for sure. Uh, But listen, if Nelly's up for it, I am too. So your people get in touch with my people and we'll see if we can make something happen. All right, that sounds good. Uh, Also, Guy Fieri in the crowd tonight. Everybody was asking me, from my mom to Skeets, are you going to go talk to Guy Fieri? Well, if you saw where Guy was sitting, it was pretty close to the court. You know, feet on the court. If you saw where we were sitting, a bit a ways. And, you know, from looking down there right now, I don't think Guy's stuck around. I don't think he's podcasting uh, with Ryder at the current moment. So, I don't know. If he shows up for Game 4, maybe we'll be able to dap up. But what else we got? How about Russell Watchley? Let's talk about who we got for Finals MVP after this oh, game. Oh, yes. As a Brownlow yes. medal knower, oh. you got to get these votes in. Yeah, I uh, absolutely love this uh, this new twist to our uh, finals coverage here. So um, now, look, in traditional Brownlow medal um, revealing, you start with the one and then the two and then the three. So I'm going to do that as well tonight. So I'll, I'll try to do it in my best Ross Oakley, former CEO of the Australian Football League voice here, because I think I'm ready for the moment. Uh, Boston Celtics, one vote. Jay Brown. Boston Celtics, two votes. M. Smart. Boston Celtics, three votes. J. Tatum. Interesting. Interesting. I love the format. I'm glad that we've got a true Aussie here who actually knows the way the Brownlow medal goes down. I love the revealing of the votes. We're definitely going to have to change that going forward. But I would have the same three players, but almost in a completely different uh, order, I would probably go one vote Jalen Brown. No, I would go one vote Jason Tatum, despite the fact that he did lead the Celtics in scoring. I guess not. Finished with 26, nine assists. He wasn't super efficient inside the arc in particular. He seemed to kind of panic in the lane a few times, but still ended up putting together a pretty solid second half. I would probably go Jalen Brown, two votes, 27 points, five assists, but he had 17 of those in the first quarter. That was obviously huge for the Celtics, building a big-time lead. Uh, but he didn't do quite as much as the game went on. And then I just thought Smart brought so much to the table. He would be my three votes guy. Uh, but as you are the Aussie, I'm going to go with yours. So we're going Tatum, three votes. Brown, two votes. Smart, one vote. Is that right? Uh, no, I, th- I think I had uh, Brown as one, Smart as two. I said, yeah. Brown one, Smart two, yeah. Tatum yeah, three. Tatum three. That's fair yeah, to and, me. And, and the, reason, the reason I went with Tatum, you're right, he's scoring, he's shooting, he was nine for 23 tonight, but I'm going to give him a pass for that because I just like the way he commanded the ball several times in the second half there, where it felt to me like, again, very few possessions where he was on the court, it didn't at least touch his hands at some point. And I think that to me is, is a big sign because... When you're the best player on your team, you just want to make sure you're involved. Even if you're not shooting the ball, doing something else, making other guys involved. Marcus Smart, he was fantastic. And Jalen Brown, I mean, it was Jalen Brown's three votes, certainly after the first quarter. Thought he was a little bit quiet there in the sort of mid-two quarters, and then he closed out the game pretty well. But, uh, I mean, you, you certainly can throw these guys up in, uh, in any order. But, uh, yeah, Brown, Smart, Tatum for me uh, as in the one, two, three. 
yeah, as we're talking about it now, you can see the clear difference in the game tonight. Great performances from three stars for the Celtics doing exactly what they needed to do. 25-plus from both Tatum and Brown, not to mention the assists they were dishing out, combining for 14 assists. And then the other in Marcus Smart showing up with uh, a cool 24 five assists a lot of people are mentioning yeah he did turn the ball over quite a bit I thought he had a strange third quarter where he was just a little bit too concerned with trying to pick up another foul for Steph Curry which kind of led to then him playing a bit out of control but once he once he found the balance he was great I thought so you get three performances like that from three of your best players you got a good shot uh and that wasn't exactly what the Warriors got tonight so we shall see. We'll update the standings after this. Oh, yeah. Oh, th- this is this is great. I just can't believe I'm feeling like uh, my two worlds are coming together here where I grew up following the AFL, Australian Football League, of course. And now I've finally brought the Brownlow medal to the No Dunks finals. And uh, this is just great. This is, I mean, I don't know. I, it's, it's what, I'm going to have to reach out to Ross Oakley, see if anyone out there knows him and see if he can maybe read out some votes for us because uh, he always had a great personality, Ross. Very uh, charming, charismatic CEO. He's been out of the game for a while, but I know he still goes on podcasts and everything. So uh, if anyone knows Ross, put him in touch with me. Sounds great. Sounds like we got a few more games at least until we would need to get in touch with Ross Oakley for him to like give the final standings for the Russell Watch MVP. Uh, but I saw here, uh, hold on, let me scroll up here as I'm dancing and tap dancing here. Somebody did the math here. Andy Tolman did the math on the Russell Watch for us. The totals through three games, Jalen Brown four, Jason Tatum four, Steph Curry four, Al Horford three from that huge game one, Poole with two, and Marcus Smart uh, with two wow. points as well. That's uh, that's great. I mean, this is exactly what we want. I mean, a close series, tight series, any team can win it, any player can go on to win that. And uh, what we now have to do on the Brownlow night as well, throughout the night they have what they call is like uh, predicted to poll or projected to poll. So who we think is going to get votes in the next game and then you sort of can, you know, match it up to that after the game. Like you expect... Obviously, you know, Steph to get a vote. You expect someone like a, a Brown or Tatum. You expect someone so someone else is going to have to miss out here. We could have a, uh, man, we could have a super, super close race here for the uh, for the Bill Russell uh, Finals MVP. This is awesome. Yep, that race is tight as well as you saw from the totals. Uh, the series is tight as well. It doesn't feel like this was a complete statement game where the series feels over. The Warriors should bounce back. Should be an awesome game for on Friday. Lee, you said you felt like your worlds were coming together with the Brownlow medal making its way to no dunks. Well, I'll tell you what else is coming together. Me and you accidentally talking into each other's mics. So we're going to call it now from this Instant Reacts podcast live from TD Garden up in the rafters. Thank you to everybody in the stream team and the bean team for joining us tonight. Uh, what else? If you're if you want to subscribe to the athletic, please do so at theathletic.com/slash/no-dunks to get some great deals, get some great uh, writing on the Celtics and Warriors finals and all the other sports that are out there. We were talking about golf on the way over here, Lee. You were giving me all of the info on Greg Norman, so I don't know if we can expect a Lee Ellis Greg Norman piece at some point. Uh, not a Greg Norman piece, but uh, maybe an Australian golf piece. Adam Scott, he won the Masters. <laughs> Good on you, Scotty. On you, Scotty. On your stream team. Thank you so much to everybody for joining us. Uh, yeah, why not? Why not throw this fella up there? You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome.
Thanks very much for joining us, everybody. And remember, we'll see you for game four. <laughs>as you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.